What it is, what is up, what is good gamers? This is Shonuff71, aka Digadulamite. Purple bling bling, y'all. And your auditory canals are tuned into episode 160 of the Gaming Vessels podcast. And as usual, I am not in the digital studio alone. Along with me, got my partners in crime first on deck. We got Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, a.k.a. the high-res hater, a.k.a. the cat daddy, a.k.a. the gamer stepdaddy. What's going on, man? Uh, not much. Just uh, sitting here, getting ready to talk about this this hobby of ours, gaming. And always happy, you know, for all your listeners sticking around and... Um, and playing with us also want to say uh you know it it's it's great having you guys we had a we had a pretty good turnout for our uh game night this past thursday it was fantastic um feel free to join us we would love to have you um um and kevin at the end of the show will give you uh, information about how you can join our our discord and all that good stuff and how you can contact us so thank you thank you to everyone who showed up it was a lot of fun Indeed, indeed. And of course, our show is a no-go without Trader Joe, a.k.a. Jabroni Chief. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who is that food max of gaming who can maximize your gaming dollar. What's up, man? Not much, man. I'm maximizing my gaming dollar today. I made some pre-orders after May 1st, after my... My 90 day cleanse and I actually Is that really is that truly is that truly a cleanse then if you ordered games? Mm. I'm, I'm planning was, I am I knew planning that was gonna be ass. Like are you is that is that is that a true cleanse? Or or, or are you just or are you just you know uh, uh you, you want you problem? want me to get the gaming um equivalent of a high colonic? Is that what you're telling me you want me no, to No, no, no. I am just I'm I mean just I can I can purge. I mean I can really I'm just purge. trying to understand, you know. I mean, is this or, or is this just like delayed gratification? Which is which is fine either way. I'm just No, no, no. It's it's more of a thing where if I'm gonna make a purchase, it's gonna be a thoughtful purchase and it's gonna be done on under the aspect of I'm gonna play this immediately. I'm not gonna play it and buy it and just let it sit on my shelf for years and so on and so forth. So I mean that's pretty much you know I Okay. Oh no, I, I, hey. If you want to dive, dive deeper, I mean, me and quote, dun, 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 my therapist determined that I was we buying have games. To dive. We don't have to dive deeper. No, 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 no. I just don't want to explain myself. So, um, me and my therapist dived in and said I was basically using game purchases as like a coping mechanism. And so, this is for me to step back so I'm not buying all these butt ass, jank ass games I'm never going to play. That I am being very thoughtful, and if I am going to buy something, I'm going to buy it for the uh, auspiciousness uh, or the under the pretenses that I am playing these games. Otherwise, I'm not going to buy them. It's trying to step back from the physical like attachment to game discs and more to enjoy my hobby. So that's yeah, I mean, I can understand that, and that, that yeah. you know, and and you do have a couple of butt games in your library, but you know, everyone does. So that should be that should be something like what what butt games you oh we did something like that already but anyway so but no I I think you know Forsaken is a fantastic 
you know uh, oh, i didn't i didn't i didn't name the games i was going to buy so you know you just kind of uh kind of cut, cut the uh, the chase on there you <laughs> oh know, my I god pre-ordered, i pre-ordered forsaken. forsaken and i pre-ordered a game we'll be talking about in the news so yeah so he's he yes i, I i'm sorry but I, I he buried the lead a little bit yeah so he pre-ordered two games um what are you going to get with the pre-orders uh, there's no pre-order bonus with the uh, game we'll talk about in the news, but with Forsaken, there is a steel book. So. Oh, okay. The elusive steel. The uh, yes, the steel book. <laughs> the steel book. I am buying it for the game. I'm not buying it for the steel, steel. book. The steel book is just like cherries on top. <laughs> yes, sir. That's so awesome. don't don't be antagonistic over here. I'm sir. not. I'm, 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 I'm going to need more therapy. No, eat all the cherries. Gaming stepdad. I'm Thank just you. saying, as 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 a gaming stepdad, I just care about you, son. That's all. Abuse. Abuse. <laughs> so, how have you been, Kev? <laughs> <laughs> I have been I have been better, but uh, I'm I'm doing okay. Uh, I'll just I'll just I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> it's like just cut it, just cut it. <laughs> <laughs> But speaking of the, you want to re-record this intro? <laughs> nope. Do you? I no. think it's fine. I think it's fire. Fire, hot fire, hot, hot fire. In your ass. hot fire. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of hot fire, we're going to talk about the hot fire we have been playing this past week. When we talk about what is always the first topic on our docket, that being the playlist. All right, so Jabroni Chief, you kick things off first, man. What you been playing? Uh, not much, man. Basically, I've been kind of, kind of blocked up with work. In fact, I went through a, like a three day period. I didn't play any games. No. Oh my god! But uh, no, you've been really what, busy though. <laughs> yeah, I've been busy. But uh, as far as games, I have been playing. Obviously, we played some Outriders this past week. Nothing really a note, you know. We just kind of plugged away and did a couple more missions with our secondary characters. So. Not a lot to talk about there. You know, we kind of just kind of dabble with it on the ancillary kind of thing. And um, as far as our game night on Thursday, I played a lot more of Lost Ark. We played a couple hours of that, me and Dez, and also uh, Jason Surgeon Fire. Got to play my um, uh, Warrior. Chase was there too, right? Yeah. Cr- no, I'm just talking about who we played Lost Ark oh, with. Yeah. Gamer Stepdad. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, as far as uh, Lost Ark is concerned, yeah, enjoying it so far. We got up to the point where I got my pet and uh, kind of proceed and press the game a little bit further. You kind of could see the MMO-ness of it kind of popping up a little bit, you know, with some, you know, like I'm going to be romancing uh, certain ladies with gifts. Like, you know, it's like I'm kind of like raising my eyebrow, like, do I really give a flying rat's ass about this? No, not really, <laughs> you know. Actually, to tell you the truth, buddy, though, uh, there's uh, there's some people that you really should build your rapport because you get really, really cool uh, rewards for doing it. And then there's and honestly, for stuff like that, you really should read the guide because there's a couple of people that you shouldn't waste your time with. But there's a couple of people because there's like a ton of people you can romance in the game, I guess. But there's a couple of people that are really worth doing their 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 secondary quests. But but both the bulk of them. nah, it's just like fodder. Just if you want to play the game more or understand a little bit more. But other than that, yeah. 
Well, maybe you have to like, you know, since you're doing all this crack knowledge and research and whatnot, let me know who I need to, you know. Of course. Of course, yeah, because uh, um, only only girl I've been romancing is some drunk girl at the, at the bar in the main town that you first start with. That's it. You know, and I, you have I, to I just had hers. to. What did you say? I have to do hers? Well, you you have to do hers because it's a it's a tutorial how to do it. So it. you, you kind of have to do it. Um so but everyone else is optional got it yeah that's the one i was just concentrating on at least i ate or cooking you know it almost brings to true life you know it's like romancing drunk girls at the bar so <laughs> how i met my ex-wife ha ha ching ching wow. <laughs> it's bringing it back huh bringing it back on there so full circle yep also, last night I got a chance to dip in, and we'll probably talk about more. I think out of the three of us, I think I played the least, though. Um, Babylon's Fall demo came out last night. This is the uh, uh, hot banger from Platinum Games and mm. published by Square Enix on there. So demo came out, games coming out, I think, on March the 3rd. You know, they released a demo day, you know, like same day Elden Ring came out. You know, the, so you, sh you are going get guarantee that everyone's going to be downloading and playing it <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh. it's like you got that got that uh, uh strike from family feud noise about the demo coming out same day and day as Elden Ring. <laughs> but uh what i played so far of it i can't really i just did the tutorial got into the town uh befriended uh, desmond i know kev already gave up which we'll talk about in a sec <laughs> <laughs> on it but uh it kind you know for me at least it kind of gives me some vibes of like i hate to say monster hunter one from the ps2 yeah. era yeah. Monster early, Hunter early monster hunter. Yeah. yeah or even the psp like uh monster hunter freedom unites you know i don't think the gameplay is that deep as of yet but i've not gone and run some actually missions yet so i have really no context to really say but it kind of reminds me of an old online ps2 game where everything's kind of esoteric as far as your friends list and trying to figure out the menus and the uh color palette kind of reminds me it's a lot of grays a lot of like um i don't know what the sepia, muted a lot of muted, muted colors yeah muted colors nothing too bright on there it's like it's it's almost like the alpha omega from like a pso fancy star online to new genesis where everything's all bright and colorful and this is all like kind of has its motif and i think they went in the art direction for a reason kind of reminds me if, if someone was going to base a uh, uh a gas pso game um like in italy or something in like 12th century italy or something like that you know like you know they could basically have the game like running running missions for the Pope, <laughs> the Catholic Church or something. And no, I would probably believe right. it, but but the whole um plot line of the game is that there's this big overarching tower, uh, Babylon's tower in this town, and you're you know, seeing what's going on. I think you are um enslaved or um a prisoner at the beginning, and so they are basically tasking you um with your compatriots to go up this tower and do runs to try to get to the top of the tower that's at least my uh kind of overall knowledge of what's going on so far des you might be able to fill in a little bit more about it what's your overall impressions des of the demo well i think you're 100 correct in in its color palette um and how it reminds 
uh, it reminds you of a uh, of a uh, PS3, PS2 era game um, in that it just seems like a huge step backwards in technology and how you partner up with people. Um, it just seems very old school, but not in a good way. Um, you there's three there's three f- factions you can you can uh, pick to or three races you can pick. Uh, they they just they're, they're all human, but they just come from different areas of of the much larger world. And yeah, you're you are you are captured because the empire, the biggest empire, has captured you or something. And then they put these strap these things on your backs called Gideon Gideon's coffins, and they are. Um, there are these things that that where your swords and your weapons are, and they act as these kind of like tendrils that go out and pick up things in the world. And you can you 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 have your two your two weapons, which is it's really it's a really interesting combat because the the square button is your light attack, and any weapon you put in there will only be light attacks. And then your triangle is your heavy attack, and any weapon you put in there will only have heavy attacks. And then the the R one and L or sorry the 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 Z the R two sorry R two R one sorry R two R two L two are your third and fourth weapons, and they you can use by filling up a gauge underneath your health bar and then you can use those as your three and four weapons you have a total of four weapons that you can use or shield or or whatever and and so in that aspect it's it's um it's kind of interesting in how you can only utilize those certain uh bumper or those certain other two weapons the 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 l L2, R2 buttons uh, when you have enough gauge to do it. But there's all different types of weapons you can use. Uh, swords, hammers, uh, bows, rods for staffs, for wizards, and then shields. And so you can build a, a shield-type character, and then there's these, these perks to it. So I think the game has, has a little bit of depth to it. It's just very... Uh, esoteric as Joe was saying it's just it the, the nuances of the game are just not it it's just a little too like nuanced for its own good I guess because the story is very convoluted there's this big like you Joe was saying there's this big like Babylon you know and the creatures that you're fighting are the guardians of Babylon and so this this empire is has came to it and they're basically trying to bring all of its resources out and they're using slaves in order to do it. And so the nobility goes away and comes back because the sun that shines down on it is, is toxic to people. So, so the people that are living in the town are, are actually dying, but because they're, they're servants and serfs or whatever, because remember this is a, you know, feudal, you know, Europe type of situation they don't care about them and so you have this secondary thing of like reaching the top because if you reach the top supposedly you can extinguish the sun with your gideon your gideon's coffin can extinguish the sun because it's made out of the same material or some shit like that it's powered by the same material as the sun so you have a uh you have a mini star on your back that's doing all this stuff and if you go to the top your gideon coffin will fall off and you'll be free so that's the driving force but because it's a gas game, you know, you probably won't. And that's I think that's the biggest problem that I have with the game 
uh, aside from its very convoluted story and its weird stuff like that, is 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 the the is the uh, gas aspect of it. It is it is a games as a service. It is a service. There is a battle pass. There is a daily rewards you get for for um, daily rewards for uh, signing in and stuff. So so the incentive is to to play is to get all of this stuff you know new weapons new armor new badges new this new that and whatever to kind of keep you going and i'm thinking that's that's you know whatever you know but the problem is i'm getting really strong avengers vibes with from this marvel's avengers vibe from this except it's not in a like at least in marvel and avengers it looked nice it looked looked nicer this game does not look as nice as uh, uh, marvel's avengers and i just I, I'm just not sure about the gameplay, and I, and, I, and I'm not I'm not sure that it's going to be. I'm just not sure if this game is going to be worth it to people to play, given given the fact that that it, it is a gas game, and you're paying sixty dollars for this experience just to pay more money to get these other things that were were normally normally in in old school and normally in games like you know i i don't know like this i think we're reaching a a point in in gas games where i think some of this shit is just unreasonable you know like i think a lot of it is unreasonable with this like 60 dollars to play this game and then battle passes and all this extra shit like like part of me can kind of understand if it's a free game and you're trying to get you're trying to you know get some monetary um uh benefits or monetary refund from your from from your player base you know but geez either make it either make it a 60 dollar 60 60 dollar full game that has a beginning middle and end you know and then you know and then maybe add more stuff later but i think this is just the 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 proliferation of 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 stripping down full player games and then selling additions for dlc and then like it's all been this progression and i'm thinking we're really starting to see like the really crappy aspect of it because i just don't think this game should be 60 dollars. i'm really disappointed that platinum put this product out and i don't know like i don't know if they had to do a severe change in order to get sony to pick it up because they're having monetary problems and, and sony was just like hey We'll it's take not this game. published by Sony. It's published by Square Enix. So. Oh, Square, whoever. So wherever. But I just feel because so Square Enix. Sorry, Square Enix did uh, uh did a uh, Avengers. So it's it's in their wheelhouse to do to do stuff like this. So so I don't know. Like I I, I don't know what's going yeah. on with the industry. And I think this is a bigger thing, you know, a bigger thing than than just. Uh, Babylon's fall, but that's just a different um, a different topic altogether. I mean, this, I think this is part of that topic, but it's a much larger topic of 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 the game industry and how they're trying to uh, monetize uh, monetize their the the products that they're giving to their consumers because yeah. it, this is not it. This is not it. It it just I mean. I, I, honestly, honestly, the gameplay for me is not that bad. Like the the actual combat is not that bad for me. Like I, I'm I'm fine with how you attack and how it looks and stuff like that. And then the combat for me feels snappy. It feels fun. Um, 
But overall, just the look of the game and the background of the game and everything about the game is just, it's just, it just, it just seems very, very disappointing from such a great studio as this, you know? And I, and I just, like, I just want to know, like, why? Why did you have to do it like this? It's like, wh- why? Like, what's what's the reasoning for, for making this type of game, you know? And I want to hear it, because we can speculate, you know, until we're blue in the face, but as, now is the time to, like, start hearing from these people. It's like, why did you do this? Like, why, 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 why this game? Why like this? But... That's my that's my my long winded spiel about Babylon's Fall and my and my sadness of it. I will not be picking this game up day one. This is definitely a game to play um, if you have nothing else to play or you get it on a deep 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 discount or something. So, but yeah, I'm gonna keep playing the demo just because oh, yeah. I want to see where it it's goes free, and you know you know. But I will not be buying, I will not be spending sixty dollars on this game. Definitely not. So well, Kev, I can't. I- I can't right now, but, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. But Kev, what are your thoughts on it? Because, because I, I, out of everyone I've played the most, I think I've played like what, uh, four hours, four hours, four, four or five hours of the game. And I passed the, um, I passed the, the first part of it and beat the, the main boss of the first level, which was surprisingly hard, but you know, he, it, the, 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 the level spike really kind of hit, but, but what are your thoughts, Kev? Uh, well, I was under the impression that this game was free to play because I know when I downloaded it, I saw like a 60, 59.99 and some other price. I thought those were like battle passes and bonus packs. Nope. But they're charging you, they're charging you 60 bucks to get into this and then going to charge you for more for your battle passes and whatnot i at well that that kind of changes my opinion because at first i just thought this this game is just not for me but knowing that they're doing this this game is straight up trash it mm. it is it does not look like a 50 a 60 dollar game in any way shape or form it does not play like a 60 dollar game in any way shape or form and i just i did well two missions i did the the tutorial where you fight that giant uh knight and Mm -hmm. then i finished uh a mission with some randos and the gameplay is janky the frame rate is hit and miss the color palette, I can excuse the color palette, but the graphic presentation of your characters is, I thought I was playing like early PS2. And I'm, and I'm looking at, I'm, I'm playing this thing on a, on a PS5 and looking at an OLED screen. This, this, this game is, I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know what Platinum Games was thinking when they when this project got greenlit. If the, I would have a kinder opinion of it if it really was free to play and they were just charging you for battle passes and and skins and all that nonsense, but they if they want full price up front and then going to hit you with the battle pass, nah. Mm-mm. That's all Square Enix, though, man. That's all I could say. And this game's been in development since at least 2017, and the director of this game also did Metal Gear Rising Revengeance and also did Transformers Devastation. So, I mean, I probably it's a, a big step down from those two games to this game. 
It is both of those yeah. games were excellent. This game is no, mm-mm. no, not even close to to the mechanics of those two of those two games. And a lot of people crapped on Transformers: Devastation. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really good. It was it was Transformers with a bayon with the bayonetta combat mechanic. I thought it was dope. Uh, still got my copy, <laughs> but. It, it, it this this ain't it. This mm-hmm. is not it. This is not what I want to see from Platinum Games. And you know all the stuff that they're talking about now that that this demo has dropped, and they're talking about well, yeah, we'd love to be acquired if we can keep it. It's like I don't know what's going on over there. So yeah, but this this is not this is not the way. I don't know if they feel that they're old school business model for the types of games that they made was no longer viable or if they or if they really thought that they had a a whale type game on their hands you know something that could grab grab one or two whales and pull in pull enough monthly revenue <laughs> but this this is not it. it this is not it ugly graphics uh, kind of a, a really lackluster and uninspired character creation palette and menu. Combat, just barely passable, in my opinion. Now, maybe not even that particular. Well, it would be pa- barely passable if it was free to play. If they're charging full price for this, nah, nah, this, this don't get a pass. Mm-mm. Okay, totally understandable. Yeah. All right. You have anything else to add, Joe? Are you good? No, that's it. That's all I've been playing this week. I want to get back to Ratchet and Clank. I want to play more Lost Ark. I want to do a lot of things. So, uh, we'll see if I talk about Babylon's Fall next week. I think uh, I think you're down to play a little bit more, right, Des? Yeah. Yeah. I want to see it. I, I have. We haven't even got to. We haven't even got to play the uh we haven't even got to party up like i have no idea how the party the the party system you know works in this game like i'm still trying to figure that out and i'm just like this supposed to be like crafting in this thing too i, I don't know like i don't know so if this is the full game but well, and, i mean and that's the thing it's like why is this why is stuff so as basic as being able to party up with people on your friends list always hidden behind this minutiae of of menus and talking to this person over here is, is that just the way these types these gas games are or is it just because well, there's cross play involved or and all this other stuff no, there's going no, on? it's, no, it's no, just no. bad bad ui design I mean, yeah, yeah. Much, you know you, you look at your other games like dauntless and other games that you know where there are free you know gas games as a service kind of thing and you know it's pretty easy to party up it's just uh platinum it's a japanese developer and obviously just like old monster hunter games like like going online with monster hunter 3 (laughs) ultimate or something that's what i mean it just seems this this game seems very archaic in its in its presentation and its design it just seems like it seems like the ideas like that's the thing i think that's 100 it this thing seems like a throwback to an an older 
an older 2002 sorry an older like uh ps2 ps3 era game and i think you know it was designed you know and i'm, and I'm thinking if it, it, it needs they needed like some some new people or something to or some innovation because this is not the gameplay this is not innovative at all and then like like i don't know how like and they're supposed to be private private uh, headquarters that you can have where only you and your friends can play in but i don't know how to do that you know it's just it's just the there was just like a steep learning curve i'm thinking well do i need to play for it through a certain amount before i can do that and if that's the case why was there a prompt saying you know oh you have to play through a certain amount before you can play your play with your friends but that doesn't make sense because you're every time you go out you know, you have the op- opportunity to to team up with people. So is it all yeah, just quick yeah. matches until then? So I don't, I don't know. It just it the, there's a lot of like questions. Like a demo shouldn't bring up that many questions. Mm-hmm. Like the, a lot of the stuff should be a lot more streamlined, especially nowadays. You know, mm-hmm. and then that, and then, and then at the beginning, I know we're still talking about Babylon's Fall, but the one thing that I, that I forgot to mention, and I just just popped into my head. Having to sign into your Square Enix account. <laughs> that was a pain. I was like, what? I haven't signed into this like account in like years. You know, and and just like I could just I just know the amount of people that were like, wait, what? And they had to go in and find out what their what their I almost uh, deleted it right there. I, yeah. I, for real, for real. I almost like <laughs> I don't I, ain't nobody got time for this. Yeah. I, and I entered I, I entered I entered my email address like two or three times and mm-hmm. I never got an activation code. Um it's like nah. Yeah, I no. I, I was really, really close to, to, to just deleting it then. It's like I got Forbidden West in here. It's like why am I why am I wasting my time with this nonsense? It's just I don't know what they was thinking. But I, I I went on ahead. I I that's it. It went through, and, and then I'm just like, what? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at this these these late PS1, early PS2 graphics. Just like no. Mm-mm. Yeah, the game was really black. Uh, I had to turn it up because I had HDR enabled, and I had to make sure and. Yeah, after turning up the HDR, it actually looked decent. So I'm still in that same, you know, color palette, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, I'll be checking out the demo some more I guess, since I can't buy new games. It's like, I think if I bought this for 60 bucks on a whim uh, and this was my first impression, I would kind of be disappointed. But uh, I'm thinking after my 90-day uh, game purge, you know, just like, maybe if this game's 20 bucks in the store or something or be able to get a physical or something just to if if i'm even interested in it by then maybe maybe we'll see so maybe baby so for so so for my games again it was just uh babylon's fall lost ark still enjoying it finally settled on one character it's the paladin so that's the character that I'm going to take to the end. Um, I just think that it has the the, the skill sets and the um, the play style that I like. So so that'll be my character. I tested them all, or the all all the ones that I wanted to test. So I think I think I got one, and I'm I'm progressing through the story. So I'm I'm happy. Uh, played Outriders again. Still trying to uh, get those secondary characters to the end game. Uh, that way we have uh, more more 
uh, more choices uh, for when the next uh, DLC comes out. And then I started playing Spider-Man, uh, the the Insomniac game. The reason I started playing that was because, again, like I said before, I want to start playing my single player games and, and enjoying those single player single player experiences. So I started Spider-Man, going to finish. Um, I'm about about uh, more than a quarter of the way through it. Because I know what to expect, I'm I'm going through the game a lot faster, you know, because I want to get to the um, the DLC and then to Miles, and then I'll be off to another another game. But but I have been really enjoying it. That is a first rate game, and and it looks fantastic on the PS5. The remastered version just looks fantastic. It is a great game. So if you haven't played it for whatever reason, you really need to because it is amazing and the web swinging oh it's just it feels as fresh and as fresh and and as new as the first day i played it so i cannot give that game enough enough props and i'm really excited to see what they did with miles so i'm excited so that's all for me so kev what have you been playing buddy so i've been playing horizon forbidden west and man this game, I, I mean, it. I keep hearing about, you know, oh man, it's like Ellen Ring, Ellen Ring, Ellen Ring. It's like I have that. I haven't, I haven't played it yet. But man, Horizon Forbidden West is, it's it's absolutely phenomenal. It, absolutely phenomenal. The what the shortcomings that the first title had have been it at least in my and I think I'm I'm not even keeping track of how much time I've been I've been playing this game. I I don't know. I I guess maybe I'm six ish, seven ish hours in, maybe. Uh I'm I'm still I'm still early. I have not made the journey quote unquote west <laughs> yet because I'm just I'm just doing so much stuff in in the area that I that I am and building Aloy's um tool set and her combat abilities and her crafting abilities and I'm think I'm done in one area, then I'll get a question mark. I'll go over there and I'll start talking to somebody over there and they put me on a quest to get something. And it's just like, but it's not, it, it's, it's not, I don't feel like I'm just running errands, you know, which is common to these types of open world games. I feel like everything I do is for the purpose of, preparing Aloy to move even further along in the, in the story. I, I can, what was, it wasn't last night. It was, it was night before last. I completed my first cauldron for those who played the first game. Cauldrons are kind of like the horizon zero dawns version of the temples in uh, Assassin's Creed, where you're going through solving I wouldn't call them environmental puzzles necessarily because it's just you're just platforming from the entrance point to the exit point. Then when you get to the end, you fight a boss machine. Once you destroy it and you access the core, your spear will have more machines that it can override. 
So there's a really strong uh, incentive for you to keep doing the cauldrons. And the way you find those is you scale the tall necks, get up there, access them, and that open that takes the uh, the the war fog off of your overhead map and tells you shows you specifically what these things are. And if I'm not mistaken, in the first game. The tall necks did not re review reveal the cauldrons in this game. The tall necks do, so I think that's good. The other thing that has happened and it is substantial, and it's one that I really didn't think needed to be done uh, with regards to the ranged combat. You know, Aloy uses. Uh, bows and arrows that she uses uh slingshots and a lot of ranged weaponry and what they've done in this game is that they've made status on the machines that you're in combat with a bigger part so like each machine just like in the first game has a weakness to an element it might be weak to tear, it might be weak to fire or ice or, you know, a couple of different elements. But with this, in this game, what is really dope is that those status and elements take a bigger role in the combat. For example, you can be fighting like the, uh, oh gosh, what are they called? The scavengers, the scroungers, I think they're called. There is like these, they look like, big old uh, hyenas, metallic hyenas. And they go around and they go and consume the the monster or the the other metal monsters that are no longer functioning. There is like they're that they're like the scavengers. So they reprocess the uh, the the metal in some kind of way. So but of course if they see you then they go after you and attack you. What you can do and and is that they're weak to uh, what was it? They they're weak to fire. So they all the machines have these energy source canisters on them. I mean, if you can match up the energy source canister with the elemental arrow, you're going to cause severe a severe stat uh, status explosion. Like when I was fighting the. Um, these what they call razorbacks, which are kind of like these uh, boars, giant metallic boars, which are, man, those things, are, those things are brutal. But they're they have acid acid containers on them that I guess they use it for some type of, uh, uh, I guess some I guess some type of uh, lubrication. Because I mean, again, these are all mechanical machines there's nothing organic out there as far as the i mean there is organic life but everything that you fight is as a machine or more people but these things have these acid canisters and you hit the acid canisters with acid arrows and and otherwise and a machine that would take you multiple arrows multiple I don't know what all uh, uh, slashes with your spear to take down. You can take down really quickly because they're subject to the elemental explosion. So when they explode, it causes critical damage. If it doesn't destroy them completely outright, you can run up and do what uh, critical stabs with your spear. And, and I mean, they have completely revamped the 
the combat in this game. Uh, melee attacks, which felt, you know, I, I agreed with this criticism in the first game, kind of felt tacked on. And this one, they are much more, much more thought out, much more part. They feel a part of Aloy's uh, combat kit. And, I mean, <laughs> you can do some things. Yeah, I've, I've done some things just kind of early on, like with the spear, as you use it, as you're hitting, whether it's machines or people, you build up valor energy in it. And at some point, that valor energy, when you do a heavy strike, it will implant a an energy ball on whatever it is you're hitting. And you step away from that and you shoot that energy ball with an arrow, any kind of arrow, doesn't matter if it's elemental or just regular, and it will cause an explosion on whatever it is that you're fighting. Uh, the first major uh, boss fight that I did in, in that game, that's when you're introduced to the, uh, the Valor Spear element. And it just played out just fantastically. The voice acting is superb. Just the first one was very good, but this one is even better. They've got some like uh, like Angela Bassett is the is playing the role of the antagonist in the game or one of the antagonists in this game. Really, she's the yes, villain. Yes, yes, and mm -hmm. she she's just early on. She's just killing it. Uh, the NPCs that you're introduced to, they feel more organic. And I think it has to do with the improvements in the Decima engine and how I think the first time around, all of the resources were to make Aloy and the machines as intricate and detailed as possible. And the uh, the secondary, the 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 other characters were just not very detailed. And sometimes you could see they in the in the facial details with the people that she would talk to, they kind of had that that marionette blank, you know, the yeah. lights are on, nobody's home look to them. That is completely gone in 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 Forbidden West. It like one of the one of the cool and it's it's something really subtle. And I don't think I've heard anybody mention this yet, but it's something really subtle that adds to the organicness of the uh, conversation trees that you have with the NPCs. They build on Aloy's uneasiness around people that you did. And they're, you know, you find out why that is in the first game, but she's kind of uneasy talking to people. Uh, and, in the as you're making decisions in the in the conversation in the in the conversation uh, tree, they have her do things that you know have these body cue body language cues as well as whoever she's talking to. They do these uh, body cue movements that you would expect someone who's a little uneasy about things, you know, or a little uneasy uh, talking to people. Like she's gone from outcast to savior in the course of the first game. Now everybody she comes comes across is talk is either wants something from her, asking her to help, 
or is giving her this praise that she just feels really uncomfortable accepting. And as you're making your decision in the, in the dialogue tree, they have her make do these like little quirks, like, you know, like she's kind of looking around and like, you know, kicking her feet on the ground. And, you know, the, the person that she's talking to, if they're kind of an a-hole, you know, they have this, you know, they'll, they'll be like, you know, like I've got something else better to do than, than wait around for you. It's like, they really, they really give both Aloy and the NPCs a greater depth of character. Like her character development is just superb in this game. I mean, it, it, and that level that increase in detail, that increase in, in, um, mechanics from the first game is just all throughout what I've experienced so far with in, in, in Forbidden West and it is absolutely amazing so I could go on <laughs> but I, I will end it there with I will end it there with, with uh, Forbidden West but man this I'm thinking this is going to be my, my game of the year like uh, already still early. Nice. Yeah, still nice. early though I'm nice thinking though. this is my my game of the year, like already. I know it's early. I know I haven't played Elden Ring. I know we don't have a, a a release date for God of War, but it's going it's it's going they're going to have to really hit high. You know, I know Forspoken hasn't come out yet, but these games are really going to have to hit high to outdo what Guerrilla Games has done with Forbidden West. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it absolutely amazing. So the the you know I played Babylon's Fall. I already talked a little bit about that. And Outriders, we talked about that. But I also picked up Grid Legends, and I was playing some of that last night. And man, <laughs> I tell you, Grid is the it. It, it's the best racer out there right now, modern racer out there. And I, I mean, I know people are going to say it's Horizon, and and I I get that, fully understand. I'm not talking about, I'm not ta- I'm not including Sims in this. I'm leaving Sims out because I don't rock with Sims anymore. I'm talking about those games that skew toward arcade control, if not like. And I'm not even throwing straight up arcade racers into this, like Burnout. I'm talking like the the four. Really, there's only a couple of them in that space, and that's Forza Horizon. Um, I think our our Seto Corsa has a setting that is more arcadey than it is sim, and there might be one or two others. But Grid is is absolutely fan freaking tastic. They they have that le- that level of, and I, I, and that's something else I don't really get because you keep hearing developers say, well, uh, manufacturers don't want you wrecking their cars in video games, and in Grid they smash these cars up like nobody's business. Like a wreck happens on the track, you see fenders flying, bumpers flying, headlights cracked parts flying off the car i mean it is now granted is is uh, it's probably superficial damage where it's just maybe not really affecting the way the car 
drives or so, I haven't really wrecked that bad yet because they do have that rewind feature. So if I slam into a wall, I can just <laughs> rewind and take that turn again. But I mean, the, the grid just plays it like the like like the the prior ones do. I and man, with that dual sense, you can feel the brakes, the pull of kind of like the the simulation of the G's in the controller with those haptics, man. I mean, when those tires hook up as you're going heading into the apex of a turn, it hits that trigger and you you feel it. I it, grid already had make made you feel like you were in total control of whatever car you were in, and the dual sense just amplifies that. Just this just the sensation of whether you're driving a stadium truck and and I, that tripped me out when I drove the stadium truck because stadium trucks are like these they're almost like you kind of wonder like why are they driving these things on not driving these things on dirt road I, I guess they do but in the race that I was doing it was taking place on a paved road and I'm on these off-road tires and as I'm driving you just feel these just ever subtle like like the nubs on the tires are coming in through the triggers. Um, and as I as I'm going through and taking these turns in this top heavy vehicle that is not really designed to take these hair, these these hairline curves on a paved road. It, I mean, it you re, all those sensations come through the controller. It was just absolutely fantastic, man. It, it and the 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 I know the the main thing that they've been focusing with um, Grid Legends is that they've brought in these actors and they act out these little vignettes in between the races. And honestly, I thought that they were going to be kind of corny, and maybe to a certain extent they are, but they are surprisingly well acted. I mean, I don't recognize anybody on there from. I'm sure some of those people have done like maybe Netflix stuff or, you know, cable stuff or something. I'm like the uh, the main guy. I know I've seen him in something else before. I just can't. I just can't picture it, or or, or uh, name it rather. But it's surprisingly well acted. So. I like the old FMV games from Sega CD era. Except well acted. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Except well acted and well produced. And they kind of, they kind of, there is a separate story, but the, the, the only criticism that I would have is that the vignette, and there's really no way they could do that. The vignettes sometimes don't, take kind of feel a little disjointed to with what just took place on the track like i okay i took play i took first place on that last on that last uh this last race and for this particular racing team that the vignettes focus around you as the character you are just rookie number 22 you don't have a name you don't have a there is no character creation for you you're just the rookie and there there's kind of like this well we we got to see how he works out we kind of you know da 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 and it's like well yeah well i i just beat everybody on this last track and they, they were telling me well, like well don't push don't push yourself too hard we just need you to get 
10th or, or better. And well, I, I won the race. And it's like, there's not that full uh, integration of what just took place in what is acted out because there's no way they could do that. You know, it would have to be in-game graphics and, you know, this whole dialogue trees based on how you finish and all that, that they would have to do. So I understand why it's not quite like that, but those vignettes are pretty well acted and I, I kind of dig them and I look forward to seeing them after, after each race and seeing how this struggling racing team in this fictitious, um, uh, motorsport league uh is kind of coming from you know being last place and moving up the ranks to what i would assume be becoming world championship becoming world champion so uh i'm really digging what i've what i've played with with grid so far and it's a very pretty game very pretty game it, the the it is not it isn't is it gran turismo level no but it's the way they've represented those cars um, is great. It, it, it's, it looks really good. So for those, for those who might be looking for a racer that's not so, that's not sim. And in, in lieu of not having a burnout or ridge racer to fall back on for pure arcade thrills, uh, I couldn't recommend Grid Legends any higher. It's 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 been fantastic so far. So, uh, and also I haven't had a chance to try it out yet. I picked up uh, I my order for the Evercade Versus came in, um, which is my retro console because you know the Amico turned out to be a shit show. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so I bought the I bought the I got the combo. So it comes with two games, two controllers, and the console itself. Uh, the games that it comes with is the Technos Arcade Volume One, which I think it's got like it's got a couple Double Dragon games in there, I think. And I've got a it's got a Data East Arcade Volume One, which includes Burger Time and some more arcade classics there. And I also have and in television packet, and I also bought one more, oh, the Atari Arcade uh, packet, which has like Missile Command, Centipede, and all that stuff for it. The neat thing about the, the Evercade is that it actually does have physical media, so that's number one. Uh, it's, it is car it's on these little carts. Uh, when you buy the carts and the, the carts range from like 15, 20 bucks, your that money or part of that money is actually going back to the companies that actually made the game. So you're actually kind of sort of supporting the original work from the companies that made those art. Cause I'm only really buying the arcade games. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that you can get, but I'm primarily interested in the arcade compilations for the most part. And you're actually <clears throat> helping to pay for classic game preservation in a way, <laughs> legitimately. So um, I'm looking forward to to hooking this thing up and kind of getting into the meat and potatoes of it. So I'll probably have some more things to say about the Evercade versus on next week's show. So that's what I've been up to. <clears throat> so... Um, so, uh, did Joe, did you, I know 
Yeah, just yeah, already went. I'm yeah, done. Already went. Done. There she go. Yeah. yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Yeah, no. I can't wait to try Grid Legends. You know, for people out there that want to try the game, you get a 10-hour free trial with EA Play if you're an EA Play member, which if you have Xbox Games Pass Ultimate, you can go and do that. So Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's absolutely fantastic. So with that, I know I had a lot of talk to, I had a lot to talk about, but uh, there's just a lot of stuff that I've mm-hmm. been excited for this week, so my apologies. But no problem. Moving on to the our next topic on the docket is going to be our main event. So, all right, Dez, I'm going to pass the mic to you. You're on deck. All righty. So, uh, our main event question for this episode is, with the Street Fighter VI announcement and the release of King of Fighters 15, God, 15, oof, what fighting game franchise is your favorite and which one would you uh, would you want to see return to the modern era? Uh, so we had a couple responses from this, which we love. So thank you again for everyone who did respond. Uh, Crucial Chase on Discord says, I'm not good at fighting games at all. I have a lot of nostalgia for Street Fighter II and Tekken was never good uh at tekken but he was never good at them uh was never good at them but i'd say my favorite has to be the modern mortal combats uh for their great use of story how it weaves in different characters and just how polished it all is i know mortal combat isn't hardcore mk isn't hard isn't hardcore and a lot of hardcore fighting fans hate mk uh, it's just fun for the sake of fun. I'll never be good at something like Skullgirls, so why try? In parentheses, even though that art style is top notch, I have to agree. Skullgirls is a really is a really cool top. It's a really cool um, art style, and if you really like that art style, uh, Indivisible wasn't was a game that that team did that you might like, and it's more of a an action oriented pseudo uh, RPG game. But that was a really fun, definitely a, a definitely fun game to check out uh will d on discord says uh this is a pretty superficial answer as i'm not really into fighters but i'd have to go with the first mortal Kombat, the controversy the unique features i'll have to agree uh pulling people's you know what is it necks out in that glorious what what 24 bit maybe a little bit more rotoscoped <laughs> looking uh I thought it was fun, but I never could get with the des- with the with the um, designated or block button. I was just like, no, I yeah. don't want I don't like the block buttons. Like me that either. was not that was not fun for me. I uh, never to- really got into it. Yeah, it's like the fatalities were cool to watch. You know, you know the kids at the arcade would show up with the you know with the sh- cheat sheet with all the fatalities. Yes! Like you know. <laughs> Hints, but it's like okay. maybe begging their friends please let me just, let me just do this quick one for you come on let me just do it please <laughs> like fine and you let them do the fatality and you're like yeah it was so cool and then when oh. it was released for sega and all that i was just like okay i think i think that was one of the things that sold a lot of segas was that mortal Kombat. you know mk2 but, was a good time though i would say mk2 is played a lot better than mk1 yeah. after mk2 it's like you know, Mortal Kombat three and everything beyond that's like meh. You know, no, but he has to. But I have to agree with with uh, Chase about the story though. That story was really like the new story. I think has really been interesting. So I think the story is much better. Like I wouldn't play any of the games because I just don't. I'm not really a huge fan of it. But the but the 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 lore for the games fantastic. 
like fantastic. And then and then there's a, if you really want to get funny, there's a, a couple of people on YouTube that have uh, they do uh, voiceovers, and so they've voiced over a lot of the scenes from the Mortal Kombat's and made them so hilarious. You really should check them out. Like they've a lot of them are pretty funny. So if you're interested in that. But. Yeah, the modern ones, I wouldn't mind going and checking out there on my backlog. You know, I think going through story mode on those games would probably be pretty cool, starting with 9 and, you know, moving with ways yeah. like X and, and then 11 as well. So Yeah, the weird, like, time rift thing and all that, but they reset everything. But, hey, it's your game. Do what you want. Another world, another world, or whatever. So, uh, Will D on Discord says, this is, uh, sorry, uh, Gerald on Discord says, my love for fighting games all started with the Dreamcast and the Street Fighter Alpha series. Yes. Uh, really good series. So I guess in short, Street Fighter has always been my fighter of choice. I've had numerous arcade sticks to play with, but nowadays I just don't have the time it takes uh, to become good at them and play online without getting wrecked. But I always tune in around Evo every year and watch the pros play. Agreed. I can never. I can't play online. Like, and I, I don't think I would want to play online just for the sheer fact that I always enjoy the energy of playing right next to someone. And being able to say like in your face, I got you, Rah! you know, and you know, and seeing those quarters, you know, stack up on the on the screen, the bottom right hand corner or left hand corner of the screen, always fantastic times, always fantastic times. Uh, so John BT on Discord says, "Well, I like Street Fighter Two a lot. When it came out in arcades, I think my all time favorite series has to be the Toe Ball series, and I think so. If you're not part of our." Our Discord, uh, you should be because Joe like went off when he said this. But he, I'll let him talk about it. But particularly Toeball Two, it never came out of the U.S., but I was obsessed with that game and its smooth fighting style and 200 characters. The quest mode was cool too, but we never got an English version, so I couldn't get through it. So I played Toeball uh, at Joe's house, of course, and it was fun, but. I know that Joe really liked Toeball as well. So I know you and you and John, you know, had a had a conversation about that. Yeah. Yeah, no, Toeball 2 is oh, quite excellent. So Toeball number one is great. Uh, Toeball was uh, number one and then Toeball 2 were kind of released in the same era as like Tekken and Virtua Fighter. And it was like kind of Square's take. Uh, in this kind of genre where you had a lot of like, you know, there were like arenas, 3D arenas, and uh, there was a lot of like movement with the dual shock, the initial original dual shock. And Toeball 2 is just the, the business. But since Toeball uh, number one didn't really sell that all that well, it, it got caught, got its notoriety because it came with a Final Fantasy demo disc. <laughs> so just like a lot of games in the era. But uh Square decided not, not to bring out Toeball number two in the, in the U.S., but uh, John happened to grab it uh, from our favorite uh, Hong Kong uh, dealer on there. We got a burn and uh, or uh, what we call HK Silver at the time, and uh, me and my group of friends, uh, we just enjoyed it quite a bit. And enough so, I actually own an actual authentic copy of Toeball two in my collection, which I'm holding in my hand right now. But uh, I even tried the, the uh, quest mode that John was referring to because uh, there was this like thing where you actually take your character into a dungeon and do uh, fights and the fights would be where you're fighting NPCs like like an RPG, but it's all in, in the fighting game style of Toeball. So, so we'll have to maybe uh, like do a retro net or something and maybe play this. 
or something or you know when you come to my house or i go to your house you know so that could be definitely uh, fun i don't know if you're interested in, in this game kev have you ever played till ball number one or till ball two i played till ball number one over at damon's house i believe he had it i'm did i have it i might have had it i can't remember i thought it was neat i never played till ball two the i guess the thing that that kind of got me was that I was just kind of sort of starting to get into Dragon Ball and the guy that created Dragon Ball designed the characters in Toe Ball. Yeah. So that, that sure. was, yeah, yeah, I can't, I was about to say that I couldn't remember his name, but that's kind of what, uh, kind of trick kind of got my attention for the game. But as I recall, the first one was pretty fun, but like I said, I never played the second. Yeah, it's it's the good. It's like I, I to me, it's like it's almost like up there with Virtua Fighter, like two and three on there. So even though it's obviously not as graphically impressive as Virtua Fighter two or three, but mm -hmm. mechanically, you mean? Yeah, mechanically, no, it was awesome. Yeah, there's a lot a lot of uh, verticality and, and moving in and out and on there. You weren't uh, just fighting in a two D like you know straight line or anything like that. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, Ren on Discord says, I haven't been into fighting games till a couple years ago when I picked up uh, Dragon Ball uh, Fighter Z or TBFZ, as as the cool kids say. <laughs> then kind of spiraled from there. Ooh, love fighting games now. I didn't really know too much about the older ones. I have gone back to play some of the old Street Fighters, uh, though, like 2 and 3 and 4 Ultra. So it would be nice to see the games like i uh, play like some of these older ones because i wasn't really a fan of five yeah i think a lot of people got i don't know something with five just didn't really resonate with some people but it resonated with a lot of people but from other people it was just kind of like eh. i think the more the thing about it is people wanted six for a lot longer and then they weren't ready for how long it was going to be with the release of characters back and back and back and back and back and then like with the release of six i really believe that you're gonna it's going to be the same thing because that worked for five so just i really hope their first roster of characters that they put out are enough to get fans uh ready and then they don't just repackage you know the the ones that have came before and we really start to see some some other some other good characters because capcom has a huge uh back backstock of fighters that they could pull or fighting characters that they could pull from and i really hope that they they're able to do that um uh so one of the fighting games that i would like to see have the modern touch would be uh uh tatsunoko versus capcom i really ultimate all-stars i really liked that game uh, mostly because I am a huge fan of Tatsuno Tatsunoko. Um, those are the people that was like, you know, G-Force, Battle of the Planets, Hurricane Polymer. Uh, from that studio, I absolutely just love that studio. And then popping them into a fighting game was just amazing. I just really, really in enjoyed that game. And I thought, it was, I thought it was really fun. And you don't see games like that where they just have a fun concept. And they're just like, hey, we're going to go ahead and put this, this thing out. And, and you saw that much more in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, when you had Capcom versus Marvel versus Capcom, which is fantastic. You know, and you had the, 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 
those fighting games. And I think you're not really seeing a lot of those. Uh, Joe has talked about bringing back World Heroes when we first brought this up. And I thought a World Heroes game would be great. Uh, Fighters History would be fantastic. You know, all those fun, silly, wacky-ass games, you know. Power Instinct. Power Instinct would be really great. But not all of them, you know, would, would need to come back. Like, we don't need any, like, Bloody Roar or anything. But... But dude, I'm, dude, oh, I'd even... take Bloody Roar in a no, second. No, <laughs> yeah, come on. Like come on. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I did not yeah like get, get out of there with that ish. I did not like Bloody Roar, sorry. Uh, Bloody Roar was dope. I don't know I what like you're doing. Yeah. Very rarely do you, th- did you see a descent in the ranks. But yeah, I was not a, <laughs> I was not a Bloody Roar fan. I was just, eh. Is just... it too bloody for you? Or... No, no, I just like Darkstalkers better. I just thought it was a better game like I, I like the capcom games and i and i thought the um the um oh my god they're uh the uh fatal fury of course is just legendary and uh king of fighters though i really would just like a full-on uh uh mark of the wolves or fatal fury type game to come out and just like blow the doors off it but we probably will never get any of those ever again especially uh with king of fighters being being as big as it is and they're all represented in that in that series so i don't think we're ever going to get anything like that again but but those are just some of the games that i would like to see that i thought were were really fun experiences that that i enjoyed um a lot where you could just you know pop it in you know spend about what five bucks you know, with with your quarters and just play it. You know, New Samurai Showdown would be great. But these are all these these are just me waxing ecstatic about about you know the games that we used to play and have and have fun with. Um, Kev, what are some games that you would like to play? So I have uh, Marvel versus Capcom yes. two. Yes. And uh, or actually not not Marvel versus Capcom. It's uh, Still good though. Yeah, it's still good. It's still good. Um, I was thinking Marvel versus S and K or Capcom oh, versus S and K. That was a uh, two. I would love to see that done, but I would. I don't know if I if if calling it uh, Capcom versus S and K, or if I would call it like Street Fighter versus Real Bout. I would love to see mm. a mixed a, a, a fighting game with like the Capcom Street Fighter characters with the real bout variants of the Fatal Fury characters. Yeah. I love the fighting mechanics in real bout and I thought they just got better and better and then they culminated in Mark of the Wolves. So I would love to see those variants together, you know, mashed up in in a uh, in a game. I don't know if it would be like team based or uh, or what, but I think uh, Mar- uh, Capcom versus SNK two had a kind of a unique system to it. Like they had like some characters would be like it would come sometimes be like two on one because some characters had like a higher uh, value so you could select two characters but if you chose like i think sagat was one of them and you could only have like one sagat i think they changed that in the uh in uh at some point uh i might be getting the, confused with one i'm not sure but 
It's been forever since I played them because I got I got uh, two for Dreamcast right now uh, with my Dreamcast collection. But I'd love to see that. Would love to see a straight up um, remake of Mark of the Wolves because I think that's mm-hmm. probably still my favorite 2D fighter. Uh, when everything when when everything's all said and done, uh, that game is just <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh, it's fantastic! It's fantastic. I would love to see a remake of Mark of the Wolves. I would love to see a. I would love to see a Street Fighter game done with the Arxis graphics style, like that that hand-drawn 2d anime inspired art that you see in dragon ball fighters you see in guilty gear uh the new the the last two guilty gears that came out that are those guys are masters in their in that graphic style and that uh dungeon dnf that fighting game that they're doing looks just as amazing and that's really 3D models over that are made to look like that's 2D hand-drawn uh, anime cell art. So they have mastered that that skill. I would love to see a Street Fighter game done in that in that art style too. Uh, so, but it's funny you mentioned the Tetsunoku versus Capcom. Uh, the blue shell near my house has one available for two hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, what? Interesting. Really? Yeah. The the actual case. the actual game for yeah. the week. Yeah, with the box and everything. I was like, uh. wow. I, seriously, I love that game. I thought it was fantastic, and I really. I always that... meant to. I always meant to. I always wanted to get it, but I never got it. It's one of those things, and you know, I'm, I'll get around to it at some point. Never got around to it. Wow, I would love to. I would love to see it. Like, I don't know. I was for some reason I just thought it was just fantastic, and I would love to, like, put it on the Switch. Like, I, I'm just like, please, Switch. You know, you put everything. I wouldn't else be on mad the at system. that. I wouldn't <laughs> be mad at that. I would actually consider maybe getting a getting a controller for the Switch to actually play a game to, to actually play that game because I don't think I've ever played a game that had Battle of the Planets characters in it. Nope. Like, like ever. Like, and, I don't remember uh, yeah, it. I just thought that was such a real, uh, such a unique concept for the versus games. It's like, that's a really nice mix up that they did, you know, really nice mix up that they did. So I, mm. yeah. Maybe <laughs> but it, my house it, it can't be yours for 250. Des. You have it, Joe? Oh, I own it, yeah. In fact, I got a uh, Capcom versus Tatsunoku arcade stick as well. Ooh. So, ooh, yes, I do. So, look at Father's Day is coming quick, then, huh? <laughs> uh, never mind. <laughs> so, do you have it? So, what is is that your list, Kev? You got any more? That, yeah, that's my group. Well, what's your favorite Friday fighting game franchise, though? I know that's one part of the question. I, I know you didn't answer it too, Des. So, what, what is your oh, fighting game franchise? Yeah, which what oh, fighting be, game franchise know, is your favorite? My favorite one is Fatal Fury. Got it. Yeah, I've I'd always have to agree. Yeah, I've always loved Fatal Fury. I 
it was one of the first animes I watched was that 90s Fatal Fury anime. I I Fatal Fury was the first was the was the system, the first Fatal Fury at not neon arcade. It was the it was the arcade in the was it festival? The arcade that was in the Yoshinos. Yeah, it's festival. Yeah, festival. My friend uh Eugene taught me how to play fighting games on that system and i the first character i learned how to play was terry bogart throwing his um his kick his uh wheel kick Crack shoot. And, yep and his uh and his uh his wave running wave yep so those are the that first time i learned how to play was 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 how to roll the joystick i'll never forget that he taught me how to roll the joystick and play the games he was a fan he was a master at those games and I was like, I want to learn how to play this. I want to play this. He's like, all right, come on, I'll teach you. I mean, it was my quarters, of course, but but he taught me how to play. <laughs> you know, I'll never. I, it was it was fantastic. You know, so so yeah, I Fatal Fury, one hundred percent, my yeah. my jam, forever and a day. Yeah, me specifically it would be the uh, Fatal Fury specifically, the when when they switched to the real bout mechanics. When they when they yeah. went to real bout, oh, I was all I was all about that all day every day. But yeah, I'd ha- I and I've always liked Street Fighter. Uh, Street oh, Fighter yeah. Three was really good. Um, I really didn't care for Four. Five was meh. I I think mechanically Five was great, but I just was not in love with the art style with 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 five and then with four i didn't like the mechanics and i didn't like the art style so uh i i just kind of bypassed that altogether. but yeah fatal fury real bout in particular uh for me i tripped out alpha uh, sorry i had to say that alpha alpha was my favorite series from street fighter yeah alpha which needs to return i did Alpha needs to return. But the thing that tripped me out, what made me such an Uber fan, was um, when I got I, I played Real Bout in uh, the arcade. Then when I got a Saturn uh, sw- that could switch and play the uh, Japanese imports, I purchased uh, Real Bout. And at the end of the game, if you do, I think you have to in the game with a certain number of specials you get this blue mary video music video <laughs> where where they have this jazz singer singing uh the lyrics to uh blue mary's theme song i just thought that was hella dope i i just thought that was ridiculous and that that's really where i fell in love with uh uh real bout in particular not just his mechanics but it's like yo they put they put a Blue Mary music video <laughs> at the end of the story mode. Show has that video. Uh, that was just so killer. I just thought that was ridiculous. But yeah, that that's 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 me. Is it's it's real bout. All right, Joe, your turn. Oh, my favorite fr- fighting franchise of all time has to be uh, Virtua Fighter. Just because yeah. I mean, it's pretty Need much that. it's been like my mainstay uh with friends and whatnot um it was one of the initial launch games for the saturn it made me uh, uh i bought the uh, toshinden for the ps1 and i returned it back to software etc because that's back in the day when you were able to do returns you know open games <laughs> within mm. 30 days and i said this game is trash 
game's trash. Burn it. The Virtua Fighter. So, but uh, yeah, um, definitely had fond memories of playing Virtua 2, you know, going down to the Fresno State uh, bowling alley to play it there. And then when uh, we finally got a Virtua 3 machine over at the Playland in Clovis, I was over there. And to win it, but I've been a fervent fan of the series. I kind of feel sad that I haven't really played a lot of uh, Final Showdown, BF5 Final Showdown on you know PS4, PS5. But uh, you know, reminding me of this, wants to go back. But yeah, everything you guys kind of touched upon uh, about your favorite fighters. But I, you know, I hate to have to copy your answer, Kev, but it was my answer prior, even before you said anything. I want to see another real bout. I don't want to see Mark of the Wolves too, even though that would be quite awesome. But, you know, uh, the tons of real bout and real, real bout Fatal Fury special we played. I mean, and that we got to talk about it. I mean, Sokaku, Hanfu, Franco Bash, you know, uh, the. <laughs> The psychic twins, I forgot their names, but you know, it's like, come on, Duck King, for God's sake, you know. <laughs> yeah. The old yeah. man, what, uh, Tung. Tung Fu Ru. Tung Fu Ru, thank you. Mm. Sokaku, you know. You know, and of course, you know, Joe, Andy, Mai, in that art style, you know, it's just. Me like, crazy. Yes. On there. So um, I definitely, what, uh, Fatal Fury Battle Archives Volume 2. Even, you know, because, you know, after Fatal Fury Robot Special came out and SNK released Robot 2, Robot 2 never got a port on the Saturn or anything. So it became like kind of an elusive game that we didn't really play too much. When I got my Neo Geo CD, uh, I know me and Kev played that quite a bit, trying to get used to that funky ass CDZ controller <laughs> with something else on there. But uh, I know it's on the Robot. Fatal Fury, the Fatal Fury uh, Archives 2 on the PlayStation. I think you sh can still get that collection for PS4. I think there was a PS, um, PS2 on PS4 release for Battle Archives, and I might just buy that just because I could play yeah. on my PS5, just a half. So, I've got that. Um, I've got the yeah. I've got that. Yeah, and then my honorable mention would probably be just to throw an honorable mention. Uh, you know, we talked about Samurai Showdown to death on this show, but, uh, you know, I know that's how me and Dez first met playing Samurai Showdown 1 at the uh, Neon Arcade on there. In fact, uh, we got in a conversation because we started talking about cause, talking about Dragon Ball, I believe, right, Dez? Yep. On there, and I was angry, angry because you whooped my butt a couple times, like three, four times. <laughs> <laughs> But nothing to the extent, you know, you know, <laughs> I think at one time, I, I think I assaulted mm. a garbage can playing Virtua Fighter 4 with my friend Terry. So, mm. but, uh, yeah, Joe, uh, has, was, Joe, Joe need, did need to reduce, Joe did need to, you know, uh, release some demons when he was angry, you know, so, <laughs> I mean, but it happens, it happens, you know, but, it happens. I, you know, I don't know what, how you guys feel, but like I, th I felt like the Samurai Showdown series kind of for me, Samurai Showdown 4 was like the bomb for me. I used to go mm -hmm. play that quite a bit at Nickel Arcade. <laughs> yeah. uh, nasty and, ass controllers. <laughs> yeah, but they had, they had a nice machine at Nickel, actually, so mm -hmm. I didn't mind. But uh, yeah, I felt that that game I would love. And maybe I should check out Samurai Showdown 5 and see how good, bad, and different that was. Because that came out of a weird time, too, for SNK, where we didn't mm -hmm. see 
home ports for that game or anything like that. But uh, um, definitely uh, something in that wheelhouse. So if they brought back, you know, Samurai Showdown maybe as a 2D versus this like kind of pseudo 3D that they did with the remake, which I haven't really played too much. I should go back and play that too. I couldn't get into that art style. That's the thing that kept me out. That art Agreed. style was just like, uh, I'm not feeling it. I mean, I know that's what everything's gone to, but. Mm-mm. Yeah, I kind of w- wish Arc System Works could also work on the Samurai Showdown game. That would be dope. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, you never know. You know, I hope Springs Eternal. Yes. My friends. Uh, I do want to play KOF 15. We'll see. You know, uh, obviously after May 1st, you know, that might be something where I only want to buy games that I'm going to play. And I definitely want to check out King of Fighters 15. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's, yeah. It. that's it for me. All righty. Well, again, thank you everyone who took the time to respond. Uh, we always appreciate it. And at the end, Kevin's going to give you a special shout out as always. So again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So our question for next episode is with the release of Elden Ring, what are your thoughts on the difficulty level of games? Are you all for super hard, brutal and punishing games? Or would you like a calmer gaming experience? Maybe a little of both. Let us know and we'll talk about it on our next show. And that's it for me. Back to you, Kev. All right, so great, great interaction and great discussion on that topic. I mean, like for me, it's like fighting games used to be my favorite genre. I mean, they mm-hmm. probably, in some ways, they still are, but I just don't, I just don't play them as often as I wish I, as I wish I did. Yeah. Uh, but it was nice, really nice going down that uh, that two D memory lane. Uh, so maybe, maybe we'll have to do a scrub sport Friday night fight. Uh, you know kind of thing yeah, yeah like let's, i know I let know us know in the discord let us know in the discord are, are any of you you know fans uh want to want to do a do a nice little you know friendly fighting fighting tournament with us you know let us know we could do a uh, a gaming vessels uh fight tournament and see you know fight i think night. Might, yeah a fight night that that might be fun so let us know in, in the uh in the discord if you think that that would be fun We'd love to we'd love to pick your brain about that. Indeed, indeed. So our next topic on the docket is going to be the news. All right, Trader Joe, you're on deck. AKA right. Jabroni Chief. Yeah. So since we've been talking about fighting games, we'll keep the uh, discussion going further. As referred to in the main event, you know, when we first posed the question, there was big rumors about Street Fighter VI being announced. And guess what? Street Fighter VI was announced. So um, all of a 40-second teaser trailer so on there. But you got to see uh, Ryu in hot Ryu mode, meaning, uh, you know, with his gi down to his uh, waist and him for, uh, sp- sporting a, a sexy beard on there. <laughs> and of course, uh, the other protagonists, uh, which uh, I'm trying Luke. to remember the name, Luke, yeah, Luke. the latest DLC for Street Fighter V. And so, yeah, he's on the trailer as well. But um, analysis of the trailer knows that they are using the RE engine to power at least the uh, cinematic, whether that's gameplay or not, we will have to see. But 
And then, of course, they unveiled the uh, new Street Fighter VI logo, which everyone is criticizing to no end because it kind of looks ass, in my opinion. But I don't know how you guys feel about the logo eh. or if you really care about the logo, you know, so. I mean, they got to freshen it. They got to they gotta refresh it. So um, I'm expecting it. I mean, yeah. Once the game is shown further, I'm thinking they might have a different logo. We'll see. So No, so it's, probably it's, won't. It's very sports, uh, like sports teamish. It's like it's like you know, it's like if they had a San Francisco Kraken or something, or like you know, the San Francisco Six or something. Like well, that. I just think I just think it's easy. I just think it's easy to make. You know, yeah. Um, that it is very uninspired, though. I mean, that's, yeah, for sure. That's the main thing about it. It kind of reminds me of they took the old uh, Shaw Shaw Brothers, and they were trying to do something with that, but the Six looks really out of place. Yeah, it's uh, just like someone's okay. like a bad Photoshop or something. Someone yeah. was like making a uh, kind of a thing saying it kind of looks like a, a stock logo from Adobe, actually. So there's uh, there's an article from Kotaku. Street Fighter Six logo looks like eighty dollar clip art. So that's like basically. that's what I mean. I think I think it's something. I think they did it because it's easy for them to to mass produce. You know, because they could just throw that shit on. Well, anything really when you think about it is easy to mass produce. I mean, maybe it was just something very lackluster and they just wanted to get done with it. Who knows? Yeah, for sure. But either way, I am stoked for Street Fighter VI. We'll see once they unveil more during the summer. But this was at the end of Capcom Cup. Uh, so, you know, we're waiting for this to drop and they dropped it right at the end of the match. So, you know, even though the timer was past the, like, you know, hour that it was counting down, they waited until the end of the match to unveil it. So on there so but i'm excited we'll have to see more but also they dropped in another announcement which i alluded to at the beginning of the show capcom announced a fi capcom fighting collection for what ps4 xbox one switch and pc so it includes 10 classic capcom fighting games all with online rollback net code and it's going to be launching both physically and digitally on june 24th that sounds like a summer uh, of fighting goodness on there so for Thirty nine ninety nine. You will get not one, not two, but three, but four, but five Darkstalker games: Darkstalkers, Night Warriors, Darkstalkers Revenge, Vampire Savior, Vampire Savior Two, and then Vampire Hunter Two: Darkstalkers Revenge. So, if you ever wanted to tell Capcom you want a new Darkstalkers uh, edition, a new uh, Darkstalkers in this current generation, buying this collection is going to be your way to tell them. On here, also included with this uh, collection is going to be Hyper Street Fighter 2, um, Red Earth, which is a, like a like a kind of weird fighting game slash uh, beat 'em up brawler on the CPS3 board, the same board that can, uh, also has Street Fighter 3 on. It's a very very good animation. Uh, Cyberbots Full Metal Madness, which was a classic. Um, in, you know, mid '90s, late '90s, Capcom arcade game, which also came out on the Saturn, which I think both me and Kev enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, Super Gem Fighter Mini Mix, so they have bringing Gem Fighter back on there, which if you didn't know, basically brought forth chibi versions of um, you know Street Fighter characters, kind of riffing off the uh, success of Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, which is also included with this collection. So all 10 games will be available on there. There's also a lot of, um, you know, uh, art included, um, 
player as far as to be able to play back music tracks. I think there's uh, music tracks in the hundreds on there, and uh, it's like looking to be a great collection on there. So I'm definitely looking quite forward to this quite a bit. I have pre-ordered it. I don't know how you gentlemen feel about it, but uh, I'm hopefully all two of you also buy it so we could, you know, maybe get some fighting on. So oh, I'm we'll definitely going to be buying it. It just yeah. seems amazing. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, wow. Like, you look at the, the value and the savings that you're going to be getting, and it's just like, it's just crazy. Like, seriously. Yeah. And they did a training mode to each game, too, in the game. And also, too, there is, like, plenty of other stuff. The rollback net code, you know, online lobbies. You can play casual mode, too. You know, you don't have to play rank, necessarily. So, and we could probably throw up a lobby match with uh, nine other people. And if you guys want to play or interested, definitely check it out. Yeah, because I'm a huge fan of, and this is going to sound weird, I absolutely adored the uh the chibi fighter stuff i thought that was really fun oh yeah no they brought that on the saturn and i think mm -hmm. uh, me and kev we played that quite a bit right mm -hmm. yeah i played I crap out of that saturn. game yep, imported so definitely something to look forward to in fact uh if you pre-order on best buy right now there is a discount code to get you 10 percent off so you can get it for 36.99 or 35.99 versus 39.99 so but uh, also, too, for fighting games, uh, there was an announcement from Evo that they're going to be announcing their lineup for Evo 2022. And uh, especially with COVID, you know, hopefully, you know, because things are kind of relaxed now and this probably being during summer, we'll probably have an Evo in person. So who knows? Maybe we'll have to go watch that live this year. But uh, one thing that they did announce, though, they are having their full announcement on March the 8th. But they have stated that Super Smash Brothers will not be making a return appearance for Evo 2022. Oh, that's weird. So Nintendo has chosen not to continue uh, their uh, association with Evo. And so wow. I know that uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate and Melee are popular, important games that fans do want to receive. Uh, see on the main stage, but um, you know we'll have to see if Evo 2023 will have those games available or not. But uh, I guess Nintendo just uh, didn't want to get involved. I know Evo, you know we had some issues with Evo, and and then one of the original um, creators of Evo did get into some issues with uh, like some sort of sort of mol molestation or child porn or something like that. But mm, I don't know. What came back? I know Sony did uh, buy a stake in Evo, and I know they're running the, you know, as part of their separate uh, company, um, helping to fund Evo now, which is kind of cool. You know, it's good in Sony for them to support that. But uh, we'll look forward to see what's going to happen with Evo and what uh, announcement comes forth on that. So, any uh, thoughts, Kev, with the Super Smash not being included with Evo now? Um. Uh... Nintendo has kind of been, I don't know, that I've, I don't know the whole story, but Nintendo has been problematic with the whole Smash in tournaments for a while. It's like they've, they've put like cease and desist on some streamers who are streaming their own independent Smash uh, tournaments. And this is like 
before Smash 4, what is it? Smash 4 Ultimate is the latest one that's out. They've been they've done it a couple of times and started get trying to get people's content pulled off of YouTube and whatnot. So they're I know they I I want to say that they were doing their that they had their own uh, Smash tournament, Nintendo funded Nintendo sponsored Smash tournament. I want to say that that happened like maybe three or four years ago, but I might be wrong. So hopefully, if nothing else, Nintendo will announce their own independent tournament specifically for Smash because yeah. that has always been a huge draw on Evo stage. And if it's not at Evo, I would at least like to see it a, a, a fully sponsored, backed by Nintendo, you know, a big company can put some nice prizes, nice, you know, some big money up there so we can get some uh, some really good uh, good players because we were talking uh, we we had no idea how it would play out with regards to COVID but my nephew plays Smash and he's really good and he's he's won just about every local tournament that he's been in I've seen him play ranked in in Smash Ultimate and just demolish everybody that he came across so. Uh, we were thinking uh, this might be the year to actually have him, you know, maybe take him to Evo, see how he does. But uh, hopefully there will be an alternative for that. So actually, uh, I was so doing be some able to crack, crack internet research while you were talking. And I guess back in November, I didn't even know, but uh, Nintendo announced that they are partnering up with uh, partner Panda Global to host its own Smash Brothers competitive circuit on there. So, so there they you go. Doing, All right. doing their own thing. In fact, they're acknowledging both the uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate on the Switch and also uh, acknowledging that they're going to do a Smash Brothers Melee competitive play as well, which is the GameCube version of the game. Yeah, so. that's still hot tons of people still play melee yeah so that uh they are partnering up with panda global and they'll be running a new north american championship circuit okay. on here so i guess players will first compete in online qualifying rounds followed by in-person qualifiers once large-scale events return quote unquote so we'll have to see with all that so on there so i guess with nintendo doing its own thing that they don't want to give a little bone to evo unfortunately so we'll to, mm -hmm. you know. just to be expected yeah gonna... well that will give other games more time to shine on the evo stage so that's good you know that you push smash brothers off you got the chance to highlight other games as well you know so mm -hmm. so we'll see uh, also in news, you know, we talked about the big Elden Ring launch on there. I think all, you know, not all three of us, but two of us have Elden Ring. But uh, right now there's been some sort of backlash right now because of performance issues. So just like with every yeah. big game coming out, Elden Ring currently sits on a mixed rating on Steam with 14 positive, 14,000 positive reviews, but 9.5 thousand negative. Um, there's big issues with the game on PC. Uh, one user stated they're struggling to maintain 60 frames, 100, 1080p gameplay on a GeForce 
3080, massive stuttering and drops to the mid 20s, crashed four times within two hours, 65 well, I haven't seen frames that. per second cap, and no ultra wide support on here. So um, I know that uh, Digital Foundry has chimed in. They have stated that um, that basically that uh, this is uh, from software's first foray into low level APIs on PC, and the game uses DirectX 12. On there, um, I guess with DirectX 12, that could be severe and distracting time frame stuttering issues. On it, uh, as far as for um, consoles right now, um, there's reports out there that the Xbox Online component has just been down since launch, actually, so you can't play multiplayer on Xbox at all. Um, Digital Foundry recommended if you do have the means to do so to buy the PS4 version and play the PS4 version on PS5 for the most consistent experience at 60 frames on there. Since I know the game doesn't have haptic feedback or any you know, PS5 specific features, they said that's probably the best way to go about it now. I guess that uh, there's some issues with frame drops on the PS5 version. And of course, since there's no uh, VSS support right now, on PlayStation, uh, that uh, you have to deal with the frame pacing. I know with Xbox, because there is uh, VSS support, like Kevin's TV supports VSS, that um, that's a good trade-off because that you know makes any frame drops on the Series X kind of you know look a little bit better because of it. But uh, you know, so it's like well, to see what happens with all this business with Elden Ring, you know, and you know probably could use more time, but you know uh get all these kinks ironed out you know back in the day that's why because you know there, were, there wasn't patches you know 20 years ago they had to test the games mm-hmm. profusely before they released them you know so it's like you know nowadays it's just it seems like you know you're better off waiting you know six months after launch to go into a game now even horizon uh um, Forbidden West has uh, been criticized for some graphical glitches and you know some other uh, things that I know that they're working on. As yeah, well. I haven't experienced any of those, so that's why I didn't mention them. But yeah, I've heard of that other people have have had a, have had some graphical hiccups, but fortunately, I haven't run into any. Yeah, I've seen some videos. I might shoot them your way as far as recommended uh, settings for, uh, for Horizon Forbidden West on, especially on OLED specifically. So, so that um, got I'm trying to name this name of the guy. He's a, a UK guy, the Asian guy, the, what they call is a TV Jesus. That guy Vince, I think his name is, but Vincent Toe. Yeah, Vincent Toe. Yeah, he has a couple yeah. of videos on there yeah, being I'm, a little I'm bit a little critical bit of on Mr. Toe. Are you looking? Yeah, I've, yeah, I've saw, I've seen some, uh, some stuff about some of some of the some of the things that he recommends and why he recommends them. Uh, put out by some other YouTubers that focus on TVs and tech, and they like laid out com- straight up comparisons to what he recommended, and it's like, and why they think they he recommended them. So. I mean, I'll take a look at it. I used his uh, toes uh, as base settings as a basis for my adjustments that I've made to my TV for the C1. Uh, and I tweaked a couple of things just for my own personal preference that worked out. So, I mean, I'll, I'll take a look at it and see what it is. But, 
yeah, he's 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 more. I think he's more interested in uh, his uh, 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 links <laughs> well, than anything else. He is selling product, yeah, of course. But he's also trying to be the self-proclaimed gaming TV Jesus, you know. So yeah, that's I, like some people. That he is not yeah. his settings in comparison with other people, like literally side by side on YouTube. And some of them, for some TV models, was like night and day. It's like I don't know what's going on here. So, A- any thoughts, uh, the high-res hater, about the Elden Ring not running uh, as spiffy as launches as should? Uh, no, I mean, I, at least you're not recalling all of them, <laughs> so, you know, this was a car, you'd have to recall everything, but, but no, I think this is par for the course for this stuff. Um, unfortunately, I, I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer, but you know, oh, I know, I know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised, uh, but I know that they'll fix it and I don't, and it'll be fine. I, I, again, I've. I've only played it for like a hot like ten minutes, and then I died already. So oh, okay, but that was my own fault. Someone ten said, minutes? What? Uh, how long no, did no. you stay? Stay with the character creator? I thought you maybe you. maybe uh, look at That's your. Uh... No, no, no. The thing is that the character creator isn't really all that deep. So it's like okay, so, but I started, and then there was a, a sign on the floor that said, you know, secret down here, secret down here, jump, and I jumped and I died, and I was like, you know what, screw all y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to turn it off. <laughs> I, like, I thought you'd be up in that character creator. I already seen like uh, yeah, Elden Ring Kanye, and I see the Elden Ring Nathan Drake. No. So it's like, <laughs> no, 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 you're not gonna make Elden Ring Kanye take no. Kanye out. I have to, yeah, hey, hey, I'm like, you know what? I haven't played a From Software uh, Blood uh, Souls Born game in a very long time. So this is the first one I'm going into, and I'm just gonna try to hold it together <laughs> and get it done. <laughs> I don't know how far I'm gonna get. But mm, so so the, the question this week really hits home for me because like I generally do not like super hard ass games, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Yes, I'm going to try. We will support you. I know Gerald is listening right now, supporting you as well. He's giving Thank you, you a two thumbs up. So. <laughs> All right. And other news, of course, we talked about this ad nauseum a couple times, at least PlayStation Plus Project Spartacus dun, 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 it is. Supposedly close to launching, pretty close to launching. So, you know, all those wonderful talking heads in the know. This is the word from VentureBeat's Jeff Grubb, who was speaking on the latest show of Giant Bomb, a show Grub Snacks on there, that he offered a little bit more insight from what he has heard about the uh, subscription service. So, Grubb claimed that the new service um, will retain its PlayStation Plus branding while PlayStation Now is going to be phased out. Will you call its three subscription tiers essential, extra, and premium and said to be $10, $13, and $16 a month, respectively, on here. So your uh, essential is going to be your plain Jane PlayStation Plus um, as we know it on here. Uh, then the... Uh, Extra is going to include a downloadable game catalog featuring around 300 titles on there. So anything on PlayStation Now that was downloadable seems like it would be in here. Hopefully there's extras on here. And then the premium tier, 
uh, will give subscribers access to quote unquote classic games and cloud streaming in addition to all above. But uh, Grub admits, I don't know what classic games means, but I do know that's a major part of the premium tier. Uh, Bloomberg previously reported the premium tier would include access to PS1, 2, 3, and PSP games alongside extended demos, something Grub also reiterated on here. I know there's been some grumbling online people saying, why do I go to pay extra to get demos? These are demos like like with EA Play, where you know, basically it's not a like vertical slice of a demo that someone's going to bring out like Babylon's Fall. It's going to actually just be... You give you the ability to be able to play the first some so many hours of a particular game title on there, which I think is very welcome in my estimation because it gives you a chance to quote unquote try the game first before you buy it. So mm -hmm. on there. So, but despite the increasing number of reports surrounding Project Spartacus, Sony has yet to make any of this initiative official on here. So, but Greb says. It's probably getting pretty close, probably, look at those words, to actually launching. Something probably will is going to happen by the end of this month, and I don't think that necessarily means publicly. I think it's just in the terms of the internal milestone of where the service needs to be. So, so in the end, stay tuned, people. But, you know, we're already seeing people using this speculation saying, oh, like, game, this this sucks compared to Game game Pass, or, like, you know. Wham, wham. You know, just all, you know, until, until the service is announced, don't know it. And I said Game Pass this time. Thanks, Crucial Chase, for your, yeah. <laughs> your hints on here. We're not calling it Games Pass anymore. It is Game Pass. So. We got caught. He, he got caught us. <laughs> he caught us. We do that on God. purpose. Yes, yes. We don't want you screaming, screaming at your, uh, you know, in in the ether out there after we pronounce Game Pass, Games Pass. So we we learn, we learn and evolve. Here <laughs> I would on think the that, but I, honestly though, I think it'd be better to call it Games Pass because you're getting a pass to a bunch of games. So yes, I know, but you know, you got to get it know. right. You know, that way if if uh, Phil or you know. <laughs> It feels well listening. Yeah, because that, Aaron that, that, comes that Microsoft sponsorship is just right. We're right at the cusp of it. We're right at the cusp. <laughs> I tell hey, you, laugh. Hey, but... come on, man. You could become an Xbox ambassador and you could submit <laughs> articles for Black History Month next February. So. Yeah. <laughs> we all up in the mix. I don't, I don't know if it's Indigenous Peoples Month for um, this for March, but maybe we could make it by Earth Day in May. You know, we'd be, be all up in the business. So, buy how to how to buy Xbox Game Pass using your recycled cans and bottles. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> on there, but any, any thoughts on Spartacus, uh, aka PlayStation Plus Ultra? <laughs> no, I will not be getting it. I mean, it's not. Are you bag. not? No. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, it, 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 especially if it's just going to be an additional three or six dollars a month on top of the plus you already have, it's like a foregone conclusion. It's like six dollars a month. You can't, you know, you got every TV service under the sun. You know, you got your HBO Max, you got your, you know, Disney Plus. You know, what's an extra six bucks to upgrade your P existing PS Plus to this service? So I don't see the, the issue. For, well, I'll have to see what games they offer and whatnot, but. Uh, I'm no, interested, at all. Yeah. I'm I'm it. interested in the in the premium. I want to see what the um 
what the classics that they're going to be offering or yeah. what the classics are going to be offering are going to be. Um, there's still been some talk uh, amongst in, in unofficial channels about uh, PlayStation using this uh, uh, system logic in order to bring uh, a bigger number of PS1, well, particularly PS3 games to the PS5. Uh, emulating the logic, I think something that Cerny kind of talked about in his uh, pre-console launch discussion. So I kind of want to see what how all that stuff plays out and uh, see what it looks like. But yeah, I'll I'll just I'll just get the premium because I'm I'm already in the ecosystem as it is, and if I get you know three hundred you know. 300 downloadable games and whatever their that classic collection is going to be i i don't see that as being outrageously priced i think it's a good i think it's a good deal yeah and i'm still getting my quality first party games and not having to worry about them being dumbed down for a service that's my main concern I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to be playing. I don't want the next Horizon to be uh, uh, seventy six. Horizon. I don't want to play Horizon seventy six. Mm. That would suck. Horizon Infinite with like you know, no, no Horizon Infinite. I don't want God of War Infinite. God of War seventy six. Uh, none of that. Last of Us Fortnite. I don't need none of that. No, <laughs> I want those those traditional pillar hallmark bar setting games that i've come to expect from sony first party and i think if they move to a day and date on a service that business model does not make any sense and i think know, we've, i think we've, we've seen that play out in game pass <laughs> you know we've seen that play out in game pass it does not make any sense yeah, we talked about ad nauseum on the show too. I'm so. hopeful. So we'll see. You know, maybe they'll have Bloody Roar as part of the classics and we could get mm, some Bloody mm, Roar mm. on. I'll get it. Yep. Yeah. I'm not about you, Des, but, you know, I'll, I'll go to Kevin's house and we'll get some Bloody Roar going on. So, but in other news, <laughs> uh, this will be a noteworthy to um, our favorite host. Desmond. Uh, what? Yeah, Cyberpunk Shooter, The Ascent is coming now out to PlayStation, so it will be out uh, Neon Giant announced, coming out on PS4, PS5 on March 24th. On here, uh, there is a trailer available, and they're bringing out uh, The Ascent for PlayStation players on that, and that will be out uh, at a um, quite affordable price of $29.99. I believe it's 10% off of PlayStation Plus. So if you want to pre-order it, you could get it for $26.99 on there. Uh, Steam players will also be able to enjoy the new Cyber Warrior DLC pack, which uh, got announced this week, as well as, as a new Game Plus mode for the game on here. So the DLC includes new weapons and armor and is available for $4.99. On there, the new game plus mode is available for free, includes tougher enemies with new abilities and a higher level cap for characters and weapons. So, and it is also still available on both PC and Xbox Game Pass as we speak. So, just in case you get the itch 
to play. If you have access to Game Pass, you have the ability to be able to play this right now on there. But uh, Dez, are you going to pick this up on the PlayStation, or are you happy playing on the Xbox? I will play it on the PlayStation. All right, good deal. I am happy to hear this. I'm going to be playing it on the PlayStation. I, I was doing a little research to see if there's going to be a physical, and the only thing I came across was a Amazon UK listing for May release date. So if it does come out, it's going to come out afterwards if, if need be. So, so any interest in this, uh, Kev, at all? I know you didn't really play them that much. The Ascent on uh, Xbox, right? Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was okay. I was expecting something along the lines of House Marks, old school top-down mm-hmm. shooters. That's really the type of gameplay that I was hoping to hoping to get, and that's not how the Ascent plays. Not at so all. So I was a mm-hmm. little disappointed in that. So I'll probably be skipping. You know, if I really want to go back and play it, I you know I I'll just load it up on Game Pass. But I'm it it was not the game I thought it was. And that's not the game's fault. It has nothing to do with the game. It's just not the type of game I thought it was. Yeah. And then last but not least, last news article for this episode. It's kind of go, going back to our kind of switch breakdown from a couple of weeks ago. But Square Enix is stated in an article in Famitsu, an interview, uh, the developers of Triangle Strategy confirmed on a Square Enix radio show that uh, Square President Yosuka Matsuda wants a Super Nintendo game, Super Famicom games, remade in the art style, the HD 2D remake. So uh, Live Alive uh, is already planned for such a remake, as we talked about a couple of episodes ago, um, a game that was until now only released in Japan. Uh, The president ordered us to make more use of HD 2D, so we decided to think about remakes of past titles, so we lined up possible titles and thought about what can be done in HD 2D and brought them to the president. The list included titles released by Square and Enix for the Super Famicom, ones that were suitable for HD 2D, ones that were unsuitable for it, and ones that were impossible to play, like Mahjong games. Don't you want your Mahjong games in HD 2D? Come on, man. Of course I do. (laughs) Uh, We lined them all 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 the games up and made a presentation that Live Alive was the most suitable. The second place was Razor. So imagine getting an Razor in this style. It would have been nice on here. So Razor did recently just have an HD remaster Razor Renaissance on there, but it doesn't use this particular art style. But uh, looks like uh, they're going to look at more in their back catalog and check and see. I know that Dragon Quest Three right now is going to be remade in the HD 2D engine as well but uh, you know good good times i think for people that appreciate this art style i think uh you know this would be something i definitely look forward to in the future from square on there any, any thoughts des is there any games that you could think of that you would like to see redone in this style uh definitely um well i think all the games that i've that they're doing right now are some of the games i want to see i mean um maybe some of the old final fantasy games but i know that those final fantasy games have um have already been kind of done to death with the um with that what was that one art style they did um god i remember it. the um the oh god what is it uh that kind of bravely default art style you know what yeah. i'm talking about right yeah 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 you know it's kind of like that almost 
So that's kind of what I was thinking about. It's like, it'd be great to see something like that. But at the same time, we already kind of got that. <laughs> so Yeah, I kind of wish this could extend for other games outside the Square Enix catalog. I know Square Enix owns Taito. And to me, Taito, if they were going to partner with Taito to come up with a game, because uh, I don't know if you knew this or not, Des, but uh, Lufia and Lufia 2 are original Taito published you know games in japan there's yeah so they were i think brought out in the u.s and in the western territories by nasume on here but yeah lufia one and two were definitely uh definitely um taito games on here so i could definitely see like both of those games getting remade in this style on there and you know plus you know obviously other games in the back catalog from square as well on there i'm trying to think of enix games you know i think one person um stated this old super nintendo game called evo which i don't know if you remember or not evo doesn't sound familiar it's like an enix game that you basically started like it was like starting at the origin of life and you were like a tadpole and then you made up the evolutionary scale and kind of moved up from there Mm-mm, i remember there, that but... <laughs> i remember that but I think another another thing that could be done in the style too is a lot of people have been waiting for um, for Square Enix to acknowledge the Enix portion of their back catalog. So um, and you know Enix, of course, Akrazer also would say Soul Blazer, Illusion of Gaia, which is another uh, Square you know Enix title, and then uh, this other game called uh, Terra Enigma that was only released in Europe that. People love that uh, series of games from this uh, development house called Quintet on here. So those are all Quintet games. I know a lot of people love Illusion of Gaia. That was like the third game that Quintet brought out for the Super Famicom, Super Nintendo that a lot of people loved on there. Did you ever play Illusion of Gaia by chance? I don't want to put you on spot, but. Uh, I never did. Uh, I never really got into the Gaia games, unfortunately. Yeah. So we'll have to see. But uh, that is the news for this episode. All right, all right. My my mic went out on me. Sorry about that. But all right. Well, big thanks for Joe for bringing us that news of the week. Uh, before we move on to the closing part of the show, I would definitely want to acknowledge our listeners who participated in our main event this week. So special shout out going out to Crucial Chase, Will D, Gerald, John BT, and Ren. So again, thank you for participating in the main event. Thank you for hopping on and uh, interacting with other other listeners on our Discord server. Having a lot of good discussions, a lot of interactions over there. I highly encourage you, if you're already listening to the show, to please join up with us on our Discord server. A little bit more on that when we go into our closing section. Uh, which will be right about now. So, <laughs> uh, contact. You can reach our show at gamingvessels at gmail.com. That is the email address you want to use if you've heard something you want to respond to, or if you yourself would like to be on the show and get your opinion on gaming out to our listeners, you're going to want to send that email correspondence to gamingvessels at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter. At Gaming Vessels, that is G-A-M-I-N-G-V-E-S-S-E-L-S. 
Uh, there you will also find a link to our Discord server that I was mentioning just a few moments ago. You'll also find a link to our Discord server on one, on whatever podcast aggregate you use to download this show. Independently, we have our own social media accounts. I can be found on Twitter at shownuff 71 That's S-H-O-N-U-F-F, the number 71. PlayStation Network, I am shownuff 7 uh, Same spelling with the number 7 at the end. Xbox is shownuff 71 Same spelling with 071 at the end. Steam is shownuff 71 Same spelling as originally. And my Switch friend code. Seven six five eight two one five five three three zero nine. So, Des, where can folks get a hold of you at, man? Hey, everyone can find me at uh, Twitter at the Nemo Six. That's T H E N E M O S I X. You can find me on PSN, Steam, and Xbox Live at Nemo Tigger N E M O T G G R. And my Nintendo friend code is five two eight zero six six seven four four five one. Nine. And as always, please let us know how you heard about us. If you contact us, we want to talk to you, real people, not bots. No offense, bots, but you know what you did. Uh, Kev, where can folks, uh, sorry, Joe, where can folks find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter under the handle Jabronichi, J-A-B-R-O-N-I-C-H-I-E-F. I also use that same handle both on PlayStation Network and also on Steam, Xbox. I am Jabroni Chief, same spelling, but with a 374 at the end, because I am the 374th Jabroni Chief. That's my designation. So, And then Nintendo, my friend code is 4712-5953-1409. Hopefully I turn my switch on again sometime soon. So poor Pokemon's collecting dust. All right, all right. So that is going to bring episode 160 to a close. Again, definitely want to thank y'all for listening. Uh, I don't want an episode to go by without thanking our listeners, because without you, we'd just be three old dudes yapping into the internet ether. So for Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, a.k.a. the high-res hater, a.k.a. the cat daddy, a.k.a. the gamer stepdaddy, and for Trader Joe, a.k.a. Jabroni Chief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who is that? <laughs> who is that food max of gaming? Who can help you maximize your gaming dollar? I'm Shonuff71, a.k.a. Digadulamite. Purple bling bling. Yo. Okay, you're tired. These delayed reactions are <laughs> too much right now. <laughs> Take a nap, sir. Take a it's, nap, it's, though. It's Purple nap bling bling, yo. Son, it's nap time after this. Yeah. Okay, some grandpa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we will be back next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Episode 161 for you. Peace. Peace.